Good morning. Um, hi. On a um, on a Sunday morning, as uh, as a church, we we're going through looking at spiritual disciplines. And um, on Sunday, I spoke about the spiritual disciplines of silence and solitude. However, uh, there was a technical issue, and uh, the the audio wasn't recorded. So, so we meet on Zoom, but. That's why I'm doing a, a YouTube um, this morning. So um, first thing I want to do is just recommend uh, two books to you on uh, on spiritual disciplines. The first one is Celebration of Discipline by Richard Foster. Awesome book. And uh, a new book that I've recently read is The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And really good book. So I would just recommend both of them uh, to you. So let's pray and um, oh Father we thank you for your presence, we thank you for your immense goodness and love. May we each one of us now as we listen to this uh, encounter you afresh Holy Spirit, speak into our lives, we pray. And Lord, I pray that you give me the right words to say and the right way to say them, that it would be an encouragement and a blessing uh, to each and every one of us. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, <clears throat> so I'm going to be speaking about um, silence and solitude. So the spiritual disciplines, spiritual habits, the practices of silence and solitude. Now, any discipline, any habits, any practices that we do will help us to transform, to grow and change. But it doesn't mean it's always a good thing that we grow into or change into. It really does depend on what we are doing um, you know, if you do weights, you will change. If you go running, you will change and transform. If you're watching TV constantly, you will change and transform. If you're always in a digital game, a phone or a tablet or something like that, it's going to affect you. If you play golf, if you do puzzles, whatever, whatever we do with our time, and particularly if it's um, habitual things, things that we really get involved in, they're gonna shape us, but how? Is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? Is it truly life or is it really death to us? Each, each thing that we do, that we spend our time, we'll do it, we're doing, will shape us, but is it for better or worse? Now, if our priority is seeking God's kingdom, is our priority is becoming the person that God made us to be, becoming more like Jesus, being mature so that we got the character of, of Jesus, then spiritual disciplines, spiritual habits and practices need to be a big part of our daily routine and rhythm of life because they will help shape us, grow and become like Jesus. Now I, 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 I desire I want to, to know God, to be deeper 
with him to have a more of an aware awareness of his presence in my life. Um, you know, I want to be with God. I want to know him and, and I need him. I need him. But I also recognise that very often I get distracted by many things. And I, if I recognise the distraction, I need to ask myself the question, what am I going to do about it? What am I going to do about it? And I want to ask you that question as well. When you notice that you're being distracted from following hard after Jesus and getting in God's way, then what are you going to do about it? Now, I'm utterly convinced that that, um, that the discipline, the practice and the habit of silence and solitude will help transform our lives for good and and they will put us in the way of God and help us meet with God, encounter God and be transformed by him. Now what I want us to remember is that spiritual disciplines are things that we actually do. We need to do them, we need to practice it. When we're disciplined, when we have a discipline in life, it means that we're able to do the right thing at the right time when it's needed. So, for instance, if we were, uh, if you were to call me out now, quick, you've got to run a marathon, I don't think I would be able to do it, if I'm honest. But if I put in the training, the time, the effort to, uh, to run a marathon, when the time was needed, I could run it, I could do it, I'm sure. And so the thing that we need to do, that we need to do, is to be alone with God, to be quiet and still and know God, to shut out, turn off the outer noise, cut it out, the outer sound of what goes on that distracts us, but also to tune out of and turn off the the inner volume and sound the stuff that goes on in our head and our heart you know we just need to be to stop talking and start listening to Jesus the purpose of silence and solitude is to present ourselves before God and to be fully present to him so that we are able to see and hear and be aware of God in our lives. You know, there is a time to do, there's a time for doing. Uh, the, the, the scriptures talk about uh, being active and, and doing works of righteousness. There is a time to do, but there's also a time to be, to, to be still and know God. And it's out of our relationship with God, out of our rootedness with God out of our union with God that that's the best place to do the good work so that they don't become a religious uh, work in themselves that it's all about that no it's all about God and then we get to serve our God so the discipline of silence and solitude helps us to stop doing things to focus on our relationship with God now I want us to look at some of the Bible now, so I'm going to read to us Luke chapter 10, verses 38 to 42. It's Jesus at the home of Martha and Mary. So I'm going to read this to us. 
As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary, who sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him, to Jesus, and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. I want us to notice some things um, from that passage. First really good thing is that Martha opened up her home to Jesus. Martha spoke to Jesus but she was not with Jesus. Martha was not making the most of the opportunity, Jesus in her home. She wasn't making the most of the opportunity to get to know Jesus. And Martha was not letting herself be known by Jesus. She wasn't available to Jesus. She was distracted. She was distracted, she was busy, and she was worried and upset about many things. Mary had chosen better. Mary made the most of the opportunity Mary was with Jesus. She was fully present to Jesus. She was not distracted. She was getting to know Jesus. She sat at his feet, listening to what he said. He had her full attention. Now, this passage in scripture, I don't believe it's anti-doing, anti-work, anti-serving but it is prioritizing being with God just be with God be fully present to him Psalm 46 says be still and know that I am God and and often I think of it in a in a gentle way be still and know I am God but I think there's a sense in which it's a bit like be still stop Know that I am God. In other words, you're worried, you're upset, you're distracted by many things. And what you need to know is I am God. So be still. Stop it. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted um, on, in the earth. Just be still. And sometimes we need the gentle word of God. But other times it's just like God needs to say to us, or he does, shut up. Stop it. Be still and know that I am God. Because the way you're acting, the way you're behaving, what you're thinking, what you're believing, doesn't show that you know that I am God and everything is under my control. In uh, James's letter, he writes this, James chapter 1 verse 19. My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, 
slow to speak and slow to be angry. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to be angry. Silence and stillness help us to listen. Being solitude cuts out the distractions. Silence and solitude is about getting away with God, to be alone with God. There was um, a time, a season in my life when um, things were difficult. And if I'm honest with you, I wasn't getting alone with God. I wasn't spending time with God. I was distracted. I was busy. I was stressed. And um, I saw that there was a, a conference and it was called um, or a retreat, a retreat, uh, time out with God, time out with God. And I was umming and ahhing about whether to, to go. And sorry, excuse me. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a live broadcast, sorry. Sorry, there's a distraction. <laughs> and, um, and I wasn't taking time out to be with God. And I, I needed to go on uh, on this conference, but I was umming and ahhing. And then somebody gave me a prophetic word in the size of a chocolate bar. They gave me a chocolate bar and the chocolate bar was called Time Out. And I just knew I needed to go to a quiet place and be with God. And I did. And I spent time with God there in quiet. So Jesus says um, in Matthew 6 verse 6, when you pray, go into your room and close the door and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. So for Jesus, the seeking out of a solitary, quiet place was a regular practice for Jesus. And so it should be for us. We need to shut the door on distractions get away and be alone with God that's what Jesus did uh, Luke 15 verse 16 says this Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed Jesus often withdrew to lonely places Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed so we need to know that we are called uh, to to get alone and be with God. We're called to solitude. Now, solitude is not isolation. Isolation is where we withdraw, where we, we, we withdraw away from God and godly people. Um, solitude is when we go to God. We go to God. Now, it could be that we withdraw from God uh, because of shame, embarrassment, guilt. We're aware of our sin. We're aware of our wrongdoing. We believe in lies. There might be other reasons why we isolate. We can't face the pain, the discomfort of facing things. And so I really want us to know that I'm not encouraging isolation. I'm encouraging silence and solitude. Getting away with people for a time, not to escape people, but to be alone with God and therefore much more able to be with people properly. Being centred on Jesus, sitting at Jesus' feet in a quiet place, and you can do this even though you might be standing or walking because it's a matter of the heart, 
it's tuning out the inner sounds and the outer sounds but so that we're in a place where we can be in silence and solitude before God even though there is noise and sound going around us so we can be still and know that God is here and we know him even though it's noisy you know um, there was a time in my life when I recognised that I was addicted to people. I was addicted to being with them, to being in their presence, to being loved by them, to being accepted by them, uh, to being approved by them. But it was really that whole thing. I just wanted to be with people. If I was going to go on my own, alone, and I wasn't always like that, but it just it became increasingly, increasingly worse. And then I recognised... I was addicted to people and I realised that I was scared of being on my own. I was scared of the silence. I was scared of being quiet and still left with my own thoughts, left with the inner voices, uh, the inner feelings, the chaos, the craziness, the depressive thoughts and feelings, the hopelessness, the frustration. Ah, I just didn't want to be on my own I wanted to be with people and yet I knew something had to change I couldn't carry on my life living like that something had to be different God was calling to me and he was putting the example of Jesus in my face Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed Mark 1:35 says very early in the morning while it was still dark Jesus got up, left the house, went off to a solitary place where he prayed. You know, it takes time, effort and energy to get alone with God. And it requires intentionality. And when I I was being challenged by this to be in stillness and silence and in solitude, I found it really difficult. It wasn't, you know, I'm an extrovert. I love being with people. I don't, you know, that's where I get my energy. And yet God was wanting to balance me out and grow me and mature me. So intentionally, I, I went through a season of hard work of being still quiet before God and how painful it was initially. Like I'd, I'd be going, okay, oh, 30 seconds. Oh, and it felt like an age. And so... I developed uh, science students one minute, two minutes, built it up. Um, and then I remember going away for a week on a, a, a retreat for solitude and silence and stillness. And I, I remember driving home in the car and not wanting to put the radio on, just enjoying the presence of God and being, being with him. And uh, it was so transforming. And now I think of it as a gift being alone with God, I love it. Being away uh, from people to be with God is a real gift and a joy to me and a source of strength. And as I've, as I've been silent and still and centred myself on God, I have found that in his presence there is healing. There is healing and he brings healing to us. And it takes time, but as we're just resting in his presence, as we're silent and still and being before him, he brings healing transformation. Thank you, Jesus. Now, in his book, um, Celebration of Discipline, Richard Foster says this. 
we can cultivate an inner solitude and silence that sets us free from loneliness and fear. Loneliness is inner emptiness. Solitude is inner fulfillment. Solitude is more a state of mind and heart than it is a place. There is a solitude of the heart that can be maintained at all times. So if we possess, he goes on to say, inward solitude, we do not fear being alone, for we know that we are not alone. Neither do we fear being with others, for they do not control us. In the midst of noise and confusion, we are settled into a deep inner silence. Whether alone or among people, we always carry with us a portable sanctuary of the heart a portable sanctuary of the heart i think that's the 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 room in matthew 6 verse 6 jesus go into your room close the door and pray to your father who is unseen a portable sanctuary of the heart that our bodies are temples of god's spirit that we have a place in this a secret place where we can run to be with god and know him. Now I recognise that in my old um, sinful self, the desire of my old sinful self is to talk without thinking. It's to be with people constantly. It's not to reflect or ponder or weigh up or meditate on things or on God, but to rush on to the next thing, the new thing, forgetting just what's happened. In my old self, I get bored and, and fed up, distracted really easily. And in my old self, I live in disobedience to God and to others, those that maybe I want to submit myself to. My new self in Jesus, the person who I truly am in Jesus, the person that God wants me to be, is measured in talking and listening. It's having a healthy, has a healthy balance between spending time with people and time alone with God. That in Christ I can enjoy both. I can enjoy being on my own with God and I can enjoy being with people fully present to God and fully present to people. So both community and solitude. In my new self in Christ, I can meditate, I can listen well, chew over, go over things, consider, slow down to reflect and ponder and think, what does this mean? How does this apply to my life and situation? What does God want me to do about it? What do I need to do now? And just being, how does it make me feel? In my new self, I can be obedient to God and to those I submit myself to. And I'm aware of myself more and more recognising what's going on so that I can uh, repent, turn back to God, receive his forgiveness and walk in his ways. I think that when I believe, I'm convinced that seeking out uh, a solitary place was a regular practice for Jesus. And because he's my Lord and my rabbi and my teacher, it's important for me as well. 
I'm convinced of this, so I need to practice. I need to do spending time alone with God in silence and stillness so that I can do it when it's needed. And when it's needed is basically all the time to be uh, in union with God and aware of his presence and knowing what he's saying and what he wants me to do. That's the way of Jesus who only did what he saw his father doing, only said what he heard his father saying. That was the rhythm and routine of his life. And I desire that more and more for myself and for each and every one of you. Inner silence, peace, stillness, resting in God. Not just, silence isn't just shutting up, but knowing when it's time to talk so that we're able to bring forth God's wisdom at the right time. Being able to say the right thing at the right time. Proverbs 25, 11 says, the right word at the right time is like golden apples in silver jewelry. And part of silence is being able to, to lose the need to speak to justify our ex ourselves or explain ourselves and just to trust God. But silence must know when to speak as well, the wisdom of God. In Ecclesiastes 5 verse 1 it says, to draw near to listen is better than to offer the sacrifices of fools. We, we could see that the sacrifice of fools is just um, speaking without thinking, uh, religious talk, um, just spouting off things. Uh, in the New Living Translation, Ecclesiastes 5, 1 says this, as you enter the house of God, keep your ears open and your mouth shut. It is evil to make mindless offerings to God. And so we could think of the house of God as a building, but we need to remember that we are the church that we are living stones, that we are temples of the Holy Spirit. And so in our house, in the secret place, we need to keep our ears open, our mouths shut, so we don't make mindless offerings to God. So let us use our time and uh, a special place, a place that we can go, a place in us, for silence and solitude. Let's make it a priority. In faith, let's get alone with God, getting rid of all distractions to be quiet uh, and fully present to him, to have a listening silence of the heart before him. So I'd encourage you to develop a quiet place. It might be a room that you can go to, a physical room. It might be a chair that you can sit in. It might be putting a a covering over your head. It might be going for a walk. You know, I've I've loved the fact of recently of going for walks with God, of becoming friends with God in that sense. Because walking, it takes time. Walking slows you down. Walking and talking to be quiet in solitude develops friend friendship. If you do it with another person, you get to know them, they get to know you, there's time to speak and there's time to listen. There's an ebb and flow and a journey. And when we walk intentionally on purpose, 
with God, there's a slowing down, there's an awareness of his presence and a journeying together. So I would encourage you to set a time, a place and time to be with God, but also take the opportunity of the moment, the moment you're in to be quiet and still before God. You know, it might be a queue in the supermarket. You're queuing up, you're tempted to get frustrated with the person who's serving or the person in front of you or the person who's cut in on you and the queue's long and you could be tempted to moan, groan and complain to yourself. Let's not do that. Let's take that time, an enforced time of waiting to be quiet and still before God, to be aware of God, to notice him, to ask him, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to say? What do you want me to pray? Rather than being frustrated. There are they, these moments, you know, I got I was in a queue in my car the other day, like a traffic jam, and I thought, no, it's a time to be with God. You know, these times, these moments are for inner quiet, surrendering and submitting ourselves to God, reorientating our lives, realigning ourselves with God, like uh, what direction am I going in? Get out of the compass, am I going true north or not? Check yourself. Where, where are my thoughts? Where are my feelings? So we realign. We use these moments, these little moments that help us to genuinely be present before God rather than indulging in our sinful nature. So I just want to encourage you uh, to get into silence and stillness and solitude with God. It is transforming. So let's pray. And, uh, and we'll end. So, Lord, I thank you so much for the spiritual disciplines of silence and solitude. I ask, Lord, that you would help us to practice these disciplines. Help us to be alone with you, Lord, and, and to meet with you by faith. And let us not get so caught up with our feelings, whether we feel you or not. Help us to be in faith. Your word says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. And so, Lord, help us by faith to meet with you, to present ourselves before you, to be available to you, Lord. We desire uh, and crave meeting with you and being transformed by you for your praise and your glory. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for listening. The Lord bless you.